We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With US Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. US Bank credit cards are issued by US Bank National Association ND. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday... Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. You can use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit on DraftKings, and it'll get you a free contest entry today. All right, it is Thursday, October 29th. Nick Whalen here, joined in the studio by James Anderson. Um, James, we want to get right to our most overrated, underrated player on each Western Conference team. Um, Thursday, Roadwire Basketball Podcast last week, we went through all the Eastern Conference teams. I think the original goal was to get through all 30 teams. That might have been a little ambitious. We got got down the rabbit hole quite a bit, but uh, we'll, we'll focus on the 15 Western Conference teams. But first, 14 games in the NBA last night. I know you were maybe a little more focused on the World Series, which is certainly understandable. Um, I was focused on watching the Bucks just get sure. annihilated 
by the Knicks at home. I had any, my priorities straight. Oh come on! Any but, any pressing any takeaways <laughs> that you were able to see from highlights or what you anything you yeah, saw on Twitter? All all I've seen are highlights because I you know first I played basketball, then I watched the World Series, then I had an episode of Fargo I had to catch up on. Oh, so oh. like you know I had I had stuff going on that didn't include uh, watching any of the games from last night. But I mean obviously I've got extreme. Uh, buyer's remorse or, or non-buyer's remorse on uh, CJ McCollum and Jalil Okafor. Both of those guys probably uh, were worth being a little more aggressive in drafts than I was. And, you know, I think the the Knicks are, are going to be kind of an intriguing source of, of maybe waiver wire targets, uh, especially with, you know, former Arizona Wildcat. Well, current, I mean, he's still, you know, you never really leave Arizona, but uh, Derek Williams kind of emerging uh, to have a, a game to go with that impressive hair. Right, the hair is incredible. Uh, I think that goes without saying. That's the first thing that struck me during the preseason. He had a great preseason. I don't think anyone really expected it to carry over to the regular season. Obviously, this is a guy who's experienced his fair share of struggles in Minnesota and Sacramento, but I mean, for most of that game last night, he was probably the best player on the floor. Melo struggled quite a bit. Pretty much everybody struggled for Milwaukee. No Giannis, no Parker, no O.J. Mayo. But I don't know if that really would have made the difference the way that Michael Carter-Williams conducted this offense. A bunch of turnovers for him. The Bucks just couldn't shoot the ball. Just pretty horrendous debut for a team that that uh, had about five minutes worth of pyrotechnics and music and light shows and everything is all about owning the future. And then yeah. you come out and get beat by 20 by the Knicks. Yeah, you kind of would have, uh, you know, that's that's like kind of the the game that you kind of schedule homecoming for, you right. know, like it's that's supposed to be kind of a a really happy night, you know, you know, the first game of the season against a, a you know cushy opponent, and definitely didn't turn out that way. I think, uh, like I was telling you before the show, I, I I've kind of done a uh, kind of gone where a lot of a lot of other smart uh, basketball writers have gone in terms of sort of fading the Bucks this season, just because it, it does seem like that they're acquiring pieces, but those pieces may not quite fit uh, as well as as we would like, and just you know some injuries. Uh, you know, Jabari Parker is going to be you know he's going to be back this year, but it's it's not going to be like a full on onslaught from Parker. Uh, this season and the point guard situation is obviously kind of a mess right now the point guard situation is a mess uh, I like Gravis Vasquez um, you know I think they need to they need to give Michael Carter Williams his chance I guess and you know one game is maybe a little bit uh, too quick to rush to any conclusions obviously he didn't play well near the end of last season either um, but yeah the point guard situation is a complete mess I don't think Jabari Parker coming back that that wasn't the issue you know it wasn't like man if Jabari Parker was playing this would have been different I don't think that's really going to change many no. things for Milwaukee so certainly a disappointing start from them um I guess I was impressed with with Denver 11 turnovers for Emmanuel Moody yeah. is kind of the the number that jumped out if you look at that box score but they win by 20 pretty much everybody struggles for Houston Harden got to the line did his usual thing but you know everybody's struggling from the field there Memphis getting blown out at home by Cleveland was odd um and then of course the Lakers blowing a double digit lead at home to the Timberwolves I don't know if you. I don't think you've seen the highlight of this quite yet. I tried to explain it to you, but Kobe Bryant calling a timeout when no one else on the court was thinking timeout, including the coaching staff, as Julius Randle's sprinting up court for a potential game-winning basket, calls timeout. You know, with the expectation that they'll set up a play, probably for him, and then doesn't even touch the ball as Lou Williams' running floater thing rimmed out at the buzzer. So, 
uh, certainly a, a fun ending, I guess, to a game or to a night when there were 14 NBA games, now just three on Thursday night. So a little bit of a chance to relax. But let's get now into the most overrated and most underrated player on each Western Conference team. We'll start in Golden State. Who's your most overrated player on the Golden State Warriors? This is kind of tough. I mean, they they don't really have anybody that I I think is is truly overrated because all all these guys are 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 pretty damn good at what they do. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'll say I don't know if it still counts, but I'll say Bogut. I mean, he's their starter at at center, and I really don't think that that's gonna last all season. Obviously, you know. Perennially, perennially injured, uh, couldn't couldn't stay on the court in the the finals for performance reasons. I mean, they just couldn't really use him and still get that same kind of offensive punch that they were looking for. So, uh, begrudgingly, I'll say Bogut, who I love is as a person and uh, you know just kind of a it's a character. Guy, yeah, yeah. Um, I went with Harrison Barnes on this one, and like you said, this is a team that it's really hard to pick anybody you know as overrated, especially as how well they played as a team for pretty much all of last season. I mean, Barnes's numbers for what, you know, for the role he played last season were fine. Um, you know, kind of a, a catch and shoot corner three type of guy. I just, I think they need more out of him. Really? I mean, 10 points. Do they? Game. I, what do they need out of him? They, they, they won they every game by like 15 points last need, year. They don't need more of him. I, just, I expect more out of him. And I think he expects more out of himself too. That's just part of the reason See, he's turning down that extension. I think he wants to be, more of a factor well maybe that's somewhere else i think he like okay so that's that's your overrated i i don't know i'm not gonna go with barnes for most underrated but like i that's kind of where i sort of see him because i think if for instance say say draymond green wasn't on this team i think you'd see barnes kind of enter the discussion as as one of the the better stretch fours in the league under under steve kerr's offense so i think he's just doing a kind of a I mean, Andre Iguodala is obviously doing a, a more admirable job of, of playing a role, you know, coming off the bench. But Barnes is way too skilled to be kind of pigeonholed as like the fourth option on a team like this. And, you know, I think that people maybe look at the stats, the season stats, and say that, oh, this is all this guy can do. I really think if you saw him on on a different team you know say he was on like the the pelicans or something like that i think you would see uh really impressive numbers and he's a really efficient shooter too so i, I think that he's kind of got a lot going for him for my my overrated or my underrated guy will be festus azili no no big surprise there i definitely expect big things out of him this year you're the biggest festus azili fan that i know and a lot of people like festus azili and for good reason um i went sean livingston Kind of a little bit off the board, I guess. Not, oh, yeah. Certainly not a high upside guy, but a guy who I think is really important to this team and has kind of reinvented himself after that catastrophic knee injury to become a really, really good and really unique player, I think, in a lot I, of ways. does does Can do a bunch. You know, obviously uses his size to his advantage. I love Livingston. I actually took him along with Azili and along with Barnes in the, the Staff Keeper League. Uh, Livingston's just kind of one of those guys who, if you have some injuries – you can slot him into like a guard spot and you know he's always going to give you you know across the board like minor production and he's not going to hurt you at all i mean he might be a top five guard in the league in terms of field goal percentage this year right all right the los angeles clippers most overrated player um i don't know if we'll agree on this one i went jamal crawford uh i think he 
wasn't necessarily a big positive for them. You know, shot under 40% last season, um, under 33% from three. A guy who, you know, he's made a living basically being a, a microwave, you know, can score 30 points any night type of guy. But a lot of nights when he doesn't have it, he takes a lot of bad shots, doesn't defend at, at a super high level. And I think that's maybe part of the reason they brought in Lance Stevenson to kind of phase out Jamal Crawford in this offense a little bit more. Yeah, no, I'll actually co-sign that. I think that this is going to be by far Crawford's worst year in probably about a decade, and not necessarily for all reasons that have to do with him. I mean, I just think that his his role is really going to reduce. He's also 35 years old, too. I mean, I think he— The king of the four-point play. No, absolutely the king of the four-point play. He hasn't really lost it much, it seems like, athletically. He still plays—like, he plays the exact same game that he did Mm -hmm. when he was putting up 50 for the Knicks in 2005. So I think he—I don't know if he's a guy that's like— you would say is like hesitant to adjust, you know, and like is, is hard headed or something like that, or won't adjust to playing. You know, Paul Pierce is always the example. It completely mm-hmm. changed his game to, you know, to accommodate his older age. And I don't think that's really the case with Crawford. He's just not a guy who'll ever just be a catch and shoot guy. You know, he, he works off the dribble, and then that's what he's going to do no matter how old he is or no matter if his body starts to break down. I just think this is maybe the year he. You know, he's played twenty six to thirty one minutes each of the last three four seasons. I think he maybe averages right around 20 this year and that's probably best for for both parties who's your most underrated player for the Clippers uh you know they get so much publicity that I think you could make a case that both Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan are slightly underrated if you like if you don't think DeAndre Jordan is worth a max deal then I think you're dead wrong like I mean I think he's especially when you look at other players who are getting near max or max money he's so so much of a handful in the the pick and roll game and his ability to not only catch lobs but also do like him and Blake Griffin's ability to to throw the lob the big man to big man lob i mean that that play is basically unguardable and they're they're both so good at it uh, they ran a lob to him with like a minute left last night in crunch time and he just went up over cousins and dunked it like that's that's a play he's, that like one team in the league can run and that's yeah that's the clippers his size is kind of unmatched his size leaping ability combo is kind of unmatched in the league like right now seen guys like dwight and like drummond you know there are big guys who can jump but like he, he's I mean, on a different level than those guys the body control yeah. in the air is something you don't see uh so yeah i'll just kind of i'll punt and just say that i think both of like i think blake griffin uh, probably, I mean, he probably won't win MVP this year, but I think if he were on a team that had kind of a lesser, like say he was on a team with like Mike Conley as his point guard instead of Chris Paul, I think you'd see Griffin really emerge as just a perennial like top three or four MVP guy. Uh, so I think I think Jordan and Griffin are both slightly underrated. Yeah, I agree on both fronts there. I think this is a year that Blake Griffin maybe vaults into that top five conversation and, you know, Having Chris Paul around, I don't think helps his chances. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they those guys can like sort of split the vote a little right. bit. Uh, but I think there's a potential that maybe if Paul drops off a tiny bit, uh, I thought there was a there was a good point. Uh, I think it was on Simmons' last podcast about how they have this crazy depth everywhere. But if Chris Paul takes a step back or gets hurt, they don't have. That's the one spot that's they the don't spot, have any right. depth. So uh, that that could be the one sign of, of a potential downfall for the Clippers this year. Right. That's the thing. It depends how much you like Austin Rivers. And I, I think most <laughs> depends people, how much most you people like not named Austin, Austin Rivers. Rivers don't like Austin Rivers. I like much. watching him like play because it, it can often be comical at times. 
Is there anyone, I don't know what the right word is to describe this, anyone who like plays with that kind of change of direction, like the, the herky-jerky movements that Austin Rivers has, like everything, he's, I feel like he's constantly moving back and forth. Like, he's uh, probably the best in the league at falling over just by his own movements, like like his own dribbling right. will cause, and his own moves, like, like he's trying to sprinter, go. You know, like watching a sprinter like overrun themselves. Where <laughs> yeah. Like, like he's constantly trying to do like, spin moves like on like in the corner right. like to get baseline and just falling over like, he, pounds the ball. <laughs> he dribbles the ball yeah. with such force that it's, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's just such a room for error there my most underrated player on the clippers we won't talk too much about him i already touched on him paul pierce um i think maybe maybe not even underrated among nba circles just because everybody recognizes how good this guy has been you know even in the later stages of his career and whether they start stevenson for the whole year he started the opener last night whether it's Wes Johnson at times, I don't think it matters. I mean, I think Paul Pierce is going to be the guy that's on the court in crunch time most of the time for this Clippers team. All right, let's move to the Lakers' most overrated player. The, the Lakers. Um, Are there any overrated players on this team? Man, they're, they're kind of like Golden State in that regard where, <laughs> you know, just kind of picking, you know, I don't I don't want to say anybody's overrated on this team. Um, man, I could say... Clarkson, I could say Hibbert. Uh, I, obvious answer is Kobe. Um, That's my answer as well. Yeah, I guess we can just touch on Kobe briefly. And yep. uh, he's so uh, detrimental to your team's chances of winning, like in real life. Uh, obviously, in in fantasy, as long as he's healthy, he'll be pretty productive, just because of how often he touches the ball and shoots the ball and runs everything through himself. But it's just so tough to win in today's NBA with a with a player playing the way Kobe does. And, you know, if, if this had been like 20 years ago, he, he would have fit right in. And people wouldn't have even really maybe even known that he was a bad player just because the, everyone was uh, much less enlightened uh, than they are today about how the game should be played efficiently. But he's, he's really kind of a... a you know, black hole might not even do him justice on offense. And then defensively, he hasn't played above average defense on a regular basis in at least five years. No, and I don't think this is necessarily an effort knock on Kobe. It's just when you're 37 years old, your defense tends right. to slip a little bit. Like for me, like for instance, uh, you know, when I when I play pickup hoops, like I can't, tr- I'm not in good enough shape to try on both ends. No. And you got to pick. <clears throat> so like last night, I had to keep guarding. Uh, players much better than myself so all i did was try on defense and then on offense i was just hanging out in the corner uh waiting to get back on defense you know so kobe's kind of doing the opposite there he's trying really hard on offense because that's where he likes to to do his work and kind of taking plays off on defense so i kind of get that but i mean at, at his age i get it i don't get it when you're a young player and you can't yeah. be in good enough shape to try on both ends right. well i said on on nba tv yesterday i was like i don't know what version of kobe we're going to get this year and I was you know optimistically you get the a little more passive aggressive at times but you know willing to let others facilitate occasionally he goes out there and like he'll throw up like 13 assists yeah, like it's well, nothing that's like what Brandon Jennings does too yeah Kobe's usage rate last night was 35 nice that that would like lead the <laughs> league most years. yeah obviously yeah. it's just one game but 13 three-point attempts hey. uh, so he went three of 13 from three last night shooters Anthony that's Davis, good right that's really good <laughs> Anthony Davis and the super good and uh you always want to have more attempts than makes. Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins combined to go 7 of 10. Um, 
Kobe missed a bunch of shots in the clutch. I don't I don't know if you got to catch the end of this game, but it was like Dude, Kobe's so clutch. Every, he is clutch. <laughs> is he? I don't know. But everybody in the arena was just like waiting for Kobe to, to hit a big one and he had chance after chance yeah, and it was it, that's, it was kind of sad. That's that's that's, that's what kind of gets sad. Like I I'm gonna love watching this team just for the dysfunction, but uh it does get kind of sad when they're just giving him chance after chance to hit big shots and he's not getting it done. Right. Well he's I mean they're like I think at one point Lou Williams missed the three-pointer. Ryan Kelly chased down the, the board, and Kobe's just jumping up and down, like going full waders, like <laughs> clapping for it. And he, then he gets it and bricks the three. Like, going full waders. Oh, God, yeah. And so, it's, I don't know. I've never been a Kobe guy, so like, I, w- I definitely I, don't enjoy I, I would consider myself a Kobe guy. So the fact that like I'm I don't enjoy bashing him, like it's – it's yeah. It would just be un. I mean, I'd be. I'd nobody would be able to take me seriously if I was defending Kobe at this point. So like, there are plenty of people doing it. I, it's that. it's gotten really bad. I mean, I I still am going to look back finally on his career as as one of the best players of all time. But this is getting pretty bad. It is <laughs> over the long haul. I think almost last year when he got hurt, it was like a relief to like Kobe defenders. You know, like it just ended right now. <laughs> um, most underrated player on the Lakers. Uh... I think he, this is not going to last very long, but I think Julius Randle is going to be underrated for, for a minute here. Uh, I think he's going to be kind of a double-double machine and really kind of an old-school power forward in, in kind of a Karl Malone type of mold where it's just going to be a lot of you know scoring from 15 feet and in and getting crashed on the boards he can run really well uh for his size and he's a pretty good athlete so you know i think 52 percent field goal percentage something like that with i don't know 16 and 9 this year is it seems pretty reasonable and that can only get better yeah i, w- I was gonna go with jordan clarkson um i do like julius Randle though there's there's something about him he just seems to be in that tweener zone like big time when he He's not quite quick enough to to take like opposing threes off the dribble, but he's not quite big enough to pound in the post. Like so, when he goes one on one, he doesn't do anything. He just like he looks hesitant and just kind of moves his body, but doesn't really go anywhere with the ball. Yeah, like he's he's a tweener, maybe in in size, but I don't think his game is that of it. I think he's he's got like a true power forwards game. Like yeah, I mean, but he's, he's only a. Six, eight. I mean, there's been plenty of successful power forwards that have been six eight. I mean, like or 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 like smaller. Barkley and who else? Um. Well, I mean, like it used to be that like six eight, six nine was the the standard for power yeah. forwards. I mean, I, guess, I, mean like, I, I do wonder what Blake Griffin would measure in at. I don't know if he's that much taller than six eight right now. Yeah, I I think he can play the four. I mean, I yeah. I know he doesn't stretch it, but <clears throat> I I think he can definitely make it as a four i yeah. mean he's going to be still a volume rebounder i mean he, he's taller than kenneth farid obviously right. yeah um, and i think they just need to commit to a position with him you know don't yeah. make him a three or a four if you think he's a better four play him at the four and develop him as a four i don't i just think like would you bet much money on him being better than terrence jones in like two or three years yeah i feel like that's where he's headed uh i would i'd make that bet yeah i mean i'd I like Terrence Jones a lot, though, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The off-the-dribble stuff, I don't think he – He's. A, I think he's a little overrated off-the-dribble. His, well, his go-to move is the dribble hesitation, fly into the defender. He's played in just over one NBA game right now. So, I mean, uh, he played last season. What? 
You played. You played a few games last season. No, you played like you played twelve minutes last season before getting hurt. So, um, I mean, you just can't. You can't like make uh, big time claims on what he what he can or can't do at this stage. I just I think that fourteen minutes last season. Okay. Uh, So yeah, I mean, I think I I like his chances this year to kind of be the uh, the top fantasy contributor in that front court. Yeah, I I was completely mistaken. I thought he had played like six or seven games last year. Totally, totally did not do that. I guess I, this is it was the same thing at Kentucky though too, and obviously there's a, a big difference between college ball and, and the NBA. I just I don't know if he's quite slippery enough to to be an off the dribble threat. I think they Dude, he had to get double teamed at Kentucky, right? But like, he's not I mean, he's not that agile. I guess I don't know for his size. I guess he kind of is, but he's not like he's not like Paul George. Paul George is the same height as him, and I just think he's a natural scorer from within 15 feet. Like I think he just yeah. is extremely crafty around the rim. Sure, fair enough. All right, Phoenix, most overrated player. This is a tough uh, one. This might be the well, let me ball. pull up the roster here. Um, <laughs> most most overrated player. Uh, uh, here, I think most overrated player might be Brandon Knight, uh, just because I don't I don't really like the fit at all. I think that they are often going to be best served when he's not on the court i think they can put together some pretty intriguing rosters that way bledsoe and him are just so uh you know copies of each other what they want to do offensively that i just don't think it's that great of a fit i feel kind of bad for knight because he really was sort of having a breakout year with the bucks last year and i don't know if he's ever going to get to that level ever again i went with mirza Teletovic. uh really (laughs) really controversial name um, every, every who hasn't been pumping Mirza Toledovich this offseason? Right, I'm just sick of all the <laughs> hype around Mirza. Calm down. Everyone, calm like, down. All right. Yeah, it's just Mirza <laughs> I think this guy has a reputation of being like a knockdown three point shooter who can do a little bit off the dribble. Which, from what I've seen, he can't. He shot 32 percent from three last year. He took five five threes per game. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, Actually, obviously. I'll- uh, yeah, no, I mean it, it's he's he's not going to play much at all. Uh, he shouldn't. And he played 18 minutes last night. I'll throw out Alex Len as like an honorable mention here just because of Mario Puig was in the office uh, <laughs> bemoaning the fact that Alex Len's not going to see like 30 plus minutes because Tyson Chandler's there. Like, Whoever that is. There's a reason why Alex Len isn't going to see 30 plus minutes. It's because he'd probably last five games and then he'd miss a couple months with an injury. So right. uh, he's, his body, I just don't think, is cut out for more than 24 he minutes. He doesn't fit what the Suns do, right? I, no. I don't, I don't dislike Alex Lennon as a player. I think he could be pretty good someday. I just, he just doesn't fit the rest of this team. Right. He doesn't really fit the system. So now the fun part, uh, most underrated player. Who do you get there? Jonathan Luer. Johnny Luer? I think this was a pretty obvious choice. Um, wow. <laughs> was it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I didn't I, think so. I mean, I thought there, there were other guy, options. Of course, uh, finally getting his due. I th- he's been really good in spurts. Um, hasn't really seen extended time really for for any team. If you give him big minutes, he's thirteen and seven in the bank. Right, exactly, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. That, Twenty minutes last night, fourteen and seven. All that's right, like you said yeah. um, three assists. I think he's an underrated athlete. Like I've always said, like there's all the hype around Sam Decker coming out of Wisconsin this past year. Like I think John Luer will be remembered as a better NBA player than Sam Decker, and that might not be saying that much about either of these guys. Well, I think he'll have a longer career. Yeah, I think I, I think that Lure has just kind of never, never really been in a spot where he's been able to see more than like 13 minutes a game. Memphis certainly wasn't the place for that. And, you know, this Phoenix roster, 
P.J. Tucker is seeing probably more minutes than he should. I think Marquise Morris didn't play well last night. Obviously, he's going to be pretty entrenched at power forward. But I think the opportunity, at least, is going to be there a little bit more for Lure. This is a, a pretty thin overall th- Suns team, a little bit of a younger team. Um, I, I don't know if he's – I wouldn't say he's a breakout candidate by any means, but I think he's, he's a candidate to at least turn some heads because he's finally getting some minutes. I'm kind of worried that the minutes will be inconsistent. Right, uh, they probably at, at least until if they end up uh, not performing to the level that I kind of expect them to, then I could see them trading Markeith Morris, and then at that point, Lure could step into a, a pretty significant, uh, consistent role. But yeah, I've all, I'm with you. I've always thought that he deserved to be like uh, at least like a first big man off the bench type of type of role on a on a team. So uh, I like that pick. For me, it's like. Devin Booker and TJ Warren are probably the the two two of like the ten most underrated players coming into this season, in my opinion. And I'll just I'll go I'll go TJ Warren just because I think there's more of an opportunity for him to kind of emerge as a as a really viable option in all formats this year. PJ Tucker, you just kind of wonder how long a team is going to be satisfied with having. PJ Tucker be a 30 minute a game guy for them considering his limitations offensively and that's definitely not a problem with TJ Warren he's gonna fill it up uh just I mean he his numbers I think I think he averaged like 24 points a game or something at NC State so uh definitely has the chops on offense and you know shout out to Devin Booker I would have named him on a lot of other teams love Devin Booker um yeah people kind of forget that uh, T.J. Warren really was a pretty dominant college player. He won the ACC Player of the Year over Jabari Parker. Mm-hmm. Pretty much did it all for that at NC State team. I was a little bit distracted here. We have NBA TV <laughs> in the studio, and Bobby Jackson just went coast to coast stealing it from I, I think that's Dewan Wagner out there. I think they're they're playing LeBron's first game ever. Is that tractor trailer? It might be. I know. I saw Darius Miles earlier. Uh, oh God, that is that's so tractor. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, the live play-by-play on the podcast <laughs> classic. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Tractor trailer just oh, yeah. rest in peace. I mean, it, you know it's a you know it's an NBA game when there's a go fan, a Wildcat on the same team on the same court. Who's who's the go? Bobby Jackson. Bobby Jackson. Right, of course. Mike Baby sharing Mike a back backcourt. Um, Epic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the the Sacramento Kings, who who are playing in this game that we're currently narrating. Most overrated player. Uh, is, is, is Rondo still count as overrated? Absolutely. Okay. Um, man could go Rudy Gay too. Uh, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Rondo. I think that he, you know, you said he looked okay last night. Is that okay? They hung in there with the Clippers and he wasn't a complete disaster. So I think that counts. He, I just don't like, uh, guys that have his offensive right. I mean, limitations count four points four assists and seven rebounds and 20 and he's minutes. he's not the volume assist guy that he was you know a few years ago it with the celtics i mean even last year with the celtics before that trade and then with the mavs you know he was he used to be valuable in fantasy because he was going to get you like 11 assists a game and a couple steals like that's those days are long gone i think mm-hmm. and if he's not doing that, then it really is tough to kind of extract value here from a fantasy perspective. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't call a Stein 
I, nice. you know, a little early in his career. He could be a bust. He could be. I, he has the. He has like by far the most bust potential, I think, of anybody that was taken high in the first round. Yeah, like of any guy, any guy that went in like the top ten, I think he's yeah. the most obvious pick for a bust. I mean, and they're gonna just extremely uh, regret passing on some of the guys that went after him. Like, you you look at this roster. Boudier, Stanley Johnson, Winslow. Yeah, and Kaminsky. Yeah, well, Booker. I mean, <laughs> Booker, right. uh, they they have Costa Kufos, and if they had done uh, kind of a rotation where. Kufos played like 28 minutes a game, and then when he wasn't playing, they moved Cousins over to center. I think that that would have been uh, pretty effective with with Rudy Gay playing a lot of stretch four. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's going to be, you know, they're just going to be too big at times with Cousins and Kufos and and Kali Stein sharing the court. And, yeah, I definitely like that pick. Yeah, I just think he's, like, at best, he becomes, like, this wild defensive specialist who can't shoot at all. Like, I think he could be – like JaVale McGee without the issues in between the ears like but you know even the, even that's maybe a stretch cuz JaVale McGee was probably longer and I just, more athletic. Well I don't know what position like Collie Stein to me isn't a true center like he He's just a defensive he's like, center. He's like like, a, like a small forward almost that just in a center's body like the way he like, runs and the way he like he doesn't have a back down game. Is he like Anthony all. Randolph? Yes. I think <laughs> no, I really I really think that's more of a comparison than JaVel McGee. Okay. I think body style wise maybe slightly more McGee, but yeah, like he in Sacramento is the worst place for a guy like him to go. Yeah. Like the well, it's the worst place for like anybody to go. It's the worst place for any rookie, especially <laughs> a, especially a volatile rookie in the way that his game might right. not translate and you know, seeing him play only eight minutes off the bench isn't really surprising. Like, if Winslow had gone there, you wouldn't be worried about no. Winslow's future being well, like destroyed. I, I mean, I would because it's, it's yeah, that's true. But I mean, you would you'd have more confidence that he would at least be able to kind of be a professional and and make it work somehow. But right, uh, who's your most PM underrated player? <laughs> um, my most underrated player is. Yeah, and then maybe a cop out Boogie Cousins. I think people Come still Come on. Don't, I don't think people realize on a national level how good this guy is. Whatever. He he's If you ask like most casual fans to name like their top ten players in the league, which Cousins is a top ten player, I don't think he'd be in almost all of them. Hmm. Maybe. Like nationally, how do you think he I think he's like quite a bit better than is that Chris Aldridge. Mim? Yeah, that, that is Chris Mim. Um So yeah, okay. I, I just I know that this is – We've. I think we've disagreed about this on the podcast before, but I, I think you do have to hold his win-loss record against him at this point. And I, I, don't, I know there's a billion reasons why that team hasn't been good, but if you're going to be considered a top-ten player in the league, you got to get your team to 40-plus to wins. You just have to. And for him to be – like I, I'm I love the game and everything, but there's still all these concerns about, you know, how's how's he gonna handle this? How's he gonna handle that? Like it's not necessarily fair all the stuff that he's had to handle, but for those concerns to still be there at this stage in his career, I mean, I just have a hard time saying that that he's better than some guys. He might be top ten just because uh, we'd run out of guys, but uh, I, I definitely do hold the the winning thing against That's him a little bit. That is true. Um, I mean, there are examples, many examples of top 10, 15 players having just as bad of teammates as Cousins has and mm-hmm. you know, bad situations and still being able to, you know, will teams to the playoffs. KG in Minnesota comes to mind, you know, that type of thing. So 
But the intangibles between those two guys are just night and day. Right, and maybe that's the difference. You know, maybe you know, if, you know, how many didn't KG lead like seven straight Timberwolves teams to the playoffs? I think they only yeah. made it to the conference finals that one year, but like. Well, yeah, and he was – well, it's not a super fair comparison because KG was like a top three or four player in those seasons, and, and Cousins yeah, definitely like, is like like a top three or four player. But, like, numbers-wise, they're somewhat comparable. Like, KG, yeah. KG was a better passer the, and a better the defense. The defense, there's right. a big gap defensively with but those that's, two, that's, too. I, yeah. I think that's what I'm saying, though, is, like, if, if I guess – if I want to put Cousins into that elite, elite I just, category. I want him to be on a different team so that I can – yes. You know, we can remove all the variables that are kind of out of his control and just sort of see what he can do. What is it going to take for that to happen? That's the question. Uh, I, w- I was hoping that they'd just really tank this year so that they would maybe consider trading him. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen the way that – Well, they've, they've drafted like. so poorly that it almost like seems like why even give yourself more chances to screw this up? I think it's almost going to have to take Boogie wanting out right. and publicly wanting out. Do you know what his deal is without looking it up? Without looking it up, no, but – we have the internet, and I will look that up and see what the contract implications are there. All right, he is on the books for just about $16 million this year, $17 million next year, $18 million the year after, and then becomes unrestricted in 2018. So okay. basically three for... Like well, he'll still be 50. in his prime in 2018, so we should we should get to see it. Yeah, oh, at yeah, some absolutely. Point. I mean, like, I don't think, unless there's some drastic culture changes in Sacramento, mm-hmm. I don't think he's not signing there in 2018. But I, I would like for it to be sooner, you know, to not waste some of these years. I'd like a team like, you know, maybe maybe Phoenix puts together some kind of crazy package. Uh, they should have. They could have done that when they had all those, you know, they could have flipped Drogic or something mm-hmm. last year. I mean, maybe they do, you know, something like Morris. Uh, oh, God, Marky Morris in Sacramento. <laughs> that'd yes, be please. great. Morris. I hate to say it, but they'd probably have to include Booker. So, like, say you do, like, Brandon Knight, Morris, Booker, and a first-rounder first or something like that, that. I think that might be enough, honestly. Yeah. You know, usually you end up having to toss in multiple picks, but, like, I think Booker is that good of a piece. Yeah, and so I think, like, seeing him with, like, Jeff Hornacek and a team, like, in a culture, at least in Phoenix, that is used to, to winning fairly recently, uh, that would – at least kind of alleviate or at least clear the the slate so that if he failed to make the playoffs again then you could definitely start really holding that uh against him but i mean i think skill wise he's probably closer to the top five than the the top 10 so uh my my underrated guy is going to be ben mclemore i think that he's probably i mean bellinelli's on the team but uh might be their best shooter and really the only way that they can stretch the defense I know Rudy Gay will probably take some threes, but he but he really shouldn't. I don't like Macklemore. I I love him as a prospect. I like I like what he like his game. Well, you know what he is. Like I, you know what he is. I mean, he's he's not a even a guy that could be the. He played he played thirty three minutes a game last season. Started all eighty two games and averaged one point seven assists. <laughs> he's catch and shoot, baby. <laughs> yeah, at a thirty six percent clip. If you're going to be just catch and shoot, you got to be over forty. Well, he's, he's getting a, better each year, though, right? Uh. I guess. I mean, he's only played two seasons, so that, that, that's part of it. I mean, he's 22 years old, plenty of room to grow, but I don't know. I just think he, like, is he any better than Contavious Coldwell Pope? Yeah. No. Yeah. Not right now. <laughs> well, all right. We, di- we, disagree. <laughs> we disagree. We <laughs> disagree. No, you're wrong. We di- there's um, there's nobody on this team that I think is, is true. Maybe maybe Costa Cufos is a little underrated. Yeah, but, that's uh, for sure. All right, what's the next team? Next team is the Dallas Mavericks. Overrated. 
This is a tough one. Like I feel like everybody on this team is pretty rated. <laughs> pretty rated. They're uh, they're definitely rated. Um, is it Charlie Villanueva? <laughs> is it Salah Nasri? I'll, I'll say, man, does I, I'm deciding between Darren Williams and Chandler Parsons. Uh. I'll say Parsons just because I, I don't think – I mean, everybody kind of knows Darren Williams is bad at this point. Uh, Parsons, to me, like, isn't a max player under the old system. Like, he, he probably is now if he if he was fully healthy. But uh, guys like Parsons, like, if you can't find a guy like Parsons in the draft, like, in the, like, 8 to 15 range, then you're just not really good at, at scouting. I feel like those guys' wings that are – not great at, at creating their own shop. I can hit threes and play defense are fairly easy to find. Right. And, well, they got him. The Rockets got him, what, 40th, something like that? Yeah. Mid to early second round. Yeah, he's the guy I had as well. I just think right now it's more due to injury. I think microfracture mm-hmm. surgery, um, as much as, you know, medical technology, I guess, has, has advanced, I think that's more for ACLs and, you know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a – Full disclosure, not a doctor. I've said this before, um, but I just I'm a little worried about him coming back. He's a guy who relies a lot on his athleticism. I'll disagree and say I think he is a pretty good shot creator for his size and for his position, but he needs that athleticism to be able to do that. And I'm just not confident that he's ever going to be back to exactly what he was. And I think they ended up overpaying for him last summer. All right, underrated. Who do you get? I think this is obvious. Do I even have to say it? Yes. Za. Za. Okay. Julia. <laughs> 10 points, 10 rebounds last night. Two for 10 shooting, doesn't matter. Guy gets it done. Um, JaVale McGee, I really don't like at all. Samuel D'Alembert. Oh, um, just running, running down the guys you don't like. Is Samuel D'Alembert, well, <laughs> the point of that is to say, hey, look, there's no other options. Um, yeah, yeah. Samuel D'Alembert got cut from this team. His <laughs> potential coming into the year as a potential starter, not even making the roster. Um, I just think if we're looking at this from fantasy Patchouli is never going to, you know, be a twenty and fifteen type of guy. But he, I mean, he did set the single game offensive rebounding record <laughs> last season, as I'm sure we all remember. Um, I, I just think Patchouli is super underrated in a ton of ways. He was, I mean, he was part of the fourth best defensive team in the league last season, playing big minutes. I, I think he is by no means a great player, but I think he's a very good player and doesn't get enough credit. I think for for me, it's going to be Justin Anderson. Uh, just because I think if this team really goes south the way that they're capable of, I mean, they there are incentives for them to, to really tank, although that win last night doesn't really necessarily bode well for that. You kind of need them to get off to like a 5-10 and ten start, I think, for them to really kind of mail it in for the rest of the season. But uh, Anderson really kind of does a lot of the same stuff that Chandler Parsons does and in, in terms of just shooting the three, playing defense on the wing. I think that he could be – uh, very useful, kind of as an all-category contributor if he started seeing 25 minutes a game. Yeah, I think he's a really underrated athlete, too. Not yeah. something I, I didn't really realize how good of an athlete he was. I guess Virginia is kind of one of those teams where... You probably didn't watch much Virginia. No no good college team has been watched less than Virginia yeah. in recent years. Yeah, well, they are actually painful to watch. Right. People they're, used to they're say like, that about Wisconsin. They're like the old Wisconsin teams. Right. like. Like the Dick Bennett Wisconsin team, I think, and they have, they have a lot of talent, and they're yeah. they're going to be good for a long time. And we've seen a similar system at Wisconsin be able to just kind of churn out top four teams every year. Mm-hmm. And even if Virginia doesn't recruit that well, and they they probably recruit better than Wisconsin, uh, they're going to be up there for a while. All right, next team, 
the Houston Rockets. Your most ah, overrated player. The Houston Rockets. Ever heard of them? <laughs> um, most overrated. I'm going to say that that is Ty Lawson. Okay. Uh just because I've been I've been hearing so much like excited buzz about how much better like Ty Lawson's gonna make them and like how huge of an acquisition that was and I think it's it's definitely pretty big, but would you be surprised at all in a in a playoff series if based on matchups he was on the bench in the final five minutes of a game? I mean, like I, I could see Patrick Beverly's defense being more valuable in certain situations oh, yeah. than anything Ty Lawson's bringing. So yeah. I think that you're you're kind of looking at just one of those uh, change of pace guys that can really that can really kind of shift a, a game for like a five minute stretch uh, just by what he can do in in the open court. But I like uh, Ty Lawson, but I agree with you. I don't think getting a little overblown t- for me in in terms of how big of an acquisition that was. I still think this team was close to a 60 win team without him right I think I think I'd be surprised almost if he's on the court at the end of games mm-hmm. there, there will be times you know when the matchup calls for it that he will be but I think it's going to be Beverly more often than not it's not like they need him to make plays when right. Harden's out there um but I mean he's just a luxury piece right. for them really and we'll we'll see how he reacts in that role not really being the number one guy like he has been in, in Denver for so long um overrated I went Corey Brewer I really love a lot of things about Corey Brewer. He's a guy, he's one of those guys that I think if you ask GMs, like not many would say we don't want Corey Brewer on our team mm-hmm. you know, at a reasonable price. He's a guy that, you know, just kind of does it all, but takes a lot of three pointers, shot 19% from three last season, took almost two per game, which for someone who shoots that percentage is way too many. That's bizarre. Uh, shot 28% on three and a half attempts per game the year before. So I think he gets this reputation as like a three and D guy, but he's really never been a no. good three point shooter at all. Career 29% shooter. Um, a good crafty defender, um, you know, over over two steals per game last season. That's obviously huge, but he does, just doesn't really bring as yeah. much to the table offensively as a lot of people think. Yeah, I just think – I don't think of him as a 3 and D guy. I think of him as like a D and run the fast break guy. Yeah, uh, which, D and cherry pick. The, yeah, oh, man. He might he might lead the league in cherry picks. Uh, my underrated guy, I could decide between Jones – Modi Yunus or Capella in the front yep. court. I'll go with Capella. Uh, he had a, a pretty solid game. I think that was last night. You know, I think he had five total blocks and steals. So that's not going to be an every night thing, but it's going to be fairly close to that. Like I think his his blocks per game, even if he's seeing like eighteen minutes a night, is is going to be right around two. And then you know the steals, maybe maybe one a game and. Uh, you know Dwight Howard, not the most you know healthy guy over the past few seasons. So if there's a twenty or thirty game stretch where Capella's seeing twenty five ish minutes, I think that could be pretty huge. Yeah, I'm impressed with how much he's improved apparently over the summer. You know, he's a guy that I almost always kind of viewed him in the same light as like Caboclo for Toronto or even like you know Bebe like you Gera. thought it would take longer like, years, like I thought yeah. it was going to be like kind of a three or four year type I don't of know if that was just kind of ignorance on my part not looking into well, it well I I remember not... watching tape of him like before the, the draft really good but I but the the stuff I saw of him before the before he got drafted it looked like he was just raw beyond belief like it was going to take yeah some I, significant... I don't know if Houston if this was the plan all along or he just made these big strides or it's just a product of I think the fact that he can hold his own defensively so much allows 
you know, that allows him to get out on the court and he's such a beast finishing around the rim that that's, that's still going to get you uh, some court time. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. I, I definitely agree with that. He's my underrated guy as well. All right, the Memphis Grizzlies, your most overrated player. Uh, Jeff Green, maybe? I think that's the obvious one, yeah. <laughs> I think... Everyone start. I think everyone in the league knows what he is at this point. But if you, you know, I remember getting excited when they kind of acquired him. I just thought it was a really yep. cool fit and and give, gave them something that they really didn't have in terms of a guy on the wing that could get his own shot. But he disappears in games so much that you just cannot rely on him on a night to night basis at all. He's just like a, a light version of Rudy Gay. Kind of, you know, a guy who will get his numbers on certain nights, look like the best player on the floor, one out of every ten games, but you just can't count on him defensively. I think Rudy Gay's volume is is definitely. I mean, you said poor man, so obviously, but I mean, right. his volume is is more predictable. I think though, I mean, Green could give you like twenty six points and then six points the next night. Yeah, that's his. Yeah, Green does have a lower floor. I think still 29 years old like he's he's one of those guys that until he, he turns like 35 we're still going to be waiting on the breakout um and he's still kind of a name you know like you said when memphis acquired jeff green you know you think oh wow jeff green that guy's been scoring mm-hmm. tons of points for boston and then he comes to memphis and averages 13 a game and i don't know they added matt barnes he was i think matt barnes was in minus 28 in 18 minutes nice. last night um definitely fits the grit and grind i guess <laughs> of, of what memphis is about but he, i think he might be a little overrated yeah. at this point in his career um underrated for memphis quite a few choices here i think you could go with gasol randolph or conley maybe even throw like vince carter at this point in his career no no but i don't think i think just based only on the vince carter's done revving the motorcycle celebration Um, he he was a dnp last night which was very he's he's gonna have a lot of those this year i think uh i don't think you can say randolph's underrated at this point i think he's the only one of those those big three that is is past his prime I think the other two are smack dab in the middle of their primes. I'm going to say Conley, and I think that this is the year that he – I think there's going to be just a crazy internet push, you know, among the like kind of blogging community to get him an all-star nod, and I think this is the year that he gets it. Who falls out then? Well, I don't think Lillard gets it because I think that team's going to have like Lillard 10 didn't wins. Lillard get in last year, though, did he? He was, he was like a replacement when Kobe got hurt. Right. So, yeah, he's not going to make it. Um I think Dirk doesn't make it. He might get the the lifetime achievement vote though. Dirk won't make it. Duncan. I remember filling out my who I thought because me and my me, I have a buddy who I make a bet with every year on what we think the All Star rosters are going to be, and I I don't think Duncan makes it because uh, I think Aldridge makes it as a reserve, and yeah, I, I don't think that there's going to be two Will the Clippers Spurs get three this year. Uh, no, I think it's just I think it's just Blake and CP, okay. and then. Uh, so I think I think you got Harden and Curry as the starting guards, and I think you have Westbrook, Paul, and Conley and Clay as the four bench guards. Okay, I can get on board with that. Um, I guess not not too much to argue there. Does Wiggins make it? No, no Wiggins. <laughs> no, dude. Like the coaches, like it. Winning is so pivotal to you getting on the all-star team like people don't realize that like it you are not getting on that team like it took did boogie made it last year right like but like there was he barely made it i feel and you know like we talked about he's one of the 10 or 12 best players in the league and that team 
was always going to hold him back for, for getting on. The East so. is going to be really interesting this year because the Hawks might only get like one or two. So that frees up two spots right there. Um, I think I think Te- Tegan Horford make it, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think it could be Horford, Millsap, basically whoever. Pick, take your pick out of those three. I, I think Bosch, like Bosch and Love would get the nod over, over Millsap, I think. Right, and you have to remember Kyrie more. probably won't make it. He might not have enough games to get votes. There's – There'll be some shuffling, at least. There might be a couple guys who you scratch your head and, and wonder how they made it. Maybe Brad Beal sneaks in there. You know Jimmy Butler's making it. Uh, I, <laughs> Despite him being a Marquette guy, I just can't get on board with Jimmy Butler for whatever reason. I like him. Um, all right, well, <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> Most overrated player on the New Orleans Pelicans? Uh, I guess Drew Holiday, just because. Most overrated lower leg <laughs> yeah well it's it's funny i remember watching uh, bits and pieces of that that game against the warriors and i thought eric gordon looked like really good i thought he had like he a is, really nice he's burst healthy. he's super good and yet then the the box score didn't really i mean he must have just had a rough shooting night but right. uh yeah, i think eric gordon's a guy that i kind of regret not owning anywhere so underrated and holidays you're overrated uh, actually, I'll say Ryan Anderson's my my underrated, but okay. but Holiday, I I just don't think he's going to play enough minutes to be that useful in many formats. I was going to go Ryan Anderson as my overrated, just because I think he's super limited, and I think he was what four for like seventeen or something from the field last night. And well, then he must not... he must suck then if he went four for seventeen. Well, no, it's not <laughs> what I'm saying, but I just think he when he when he's not hitting three pointers, like what of what use is he? He's a bad defender. I think he's one of the three or four best three-point shooters in the league though yeah and that, i think that's so true. i mean to say nights. that's like saying like if kyle corver's not hitting three-pointers what use is he i mean he's yeah. he hits three-pointers like that's what he does yeah but corver defends better like he's i mean anderson's a total negative on that end he only shot 34 percent from three last season i would throw right. last year out what's his career average percentage that's i mean fine. i i think last year he was just so messed up physically yeah um i mean if he's in good shape this year i think it could be uh, you know, close to forty percent from three for him, and I think that that just fits so well with what Alvin Gentry's going to want to do there offensively with him and Davis in the front court. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've already seen Kendrick Perkins has already played probably too many minutes this season. Well, uh, so he's twenty and twelve for thirty-six. So <laughs> if you want to get into that with me? Okay. So is he um, your under? Is he your underrated? <laughs> no, I don't know. Underrated. I mean, can I say Ish Smith? <laughs> I think you he, can. They signed you just him like did three days ago, and he and he plays well. Yeah, I mean, he's. I don't want to talk too much about Ish Smith. I, I think Quincy Pondexter's <laughs> probably in this conversation when he's healthy. Um, yeah, looking up and down this roster, that's maybe about it. Um, I think I think you underrate uh, Dante Cunningham because you were you were throwing his name out as yeah. a guy that that shouldn't be in the league the other day, and and I disagree with that. I think that he is probably one of the. Yeah six or seven best healthy players on this team right now that's not saying a ton well he's he's gonna play minutes and he's gonna put up points i mean he he kind of does it all yeah yeah i I suppose all right um san antonio is there an overrated player on the scores uh parker parker i was gonna say ginobili i think both of those two guys are maybe not overrated but i think they're still bigger names than they are games parker went from being actually but well Parker went from being like super underrated, I felt, to 
super overrated and it might have more to do with just his age and his health than anything else yeah i think yeah for both of these guys really i mean ginobili obviously is quite a few years older than than parker even i just think he's not that clutch guy that he used to be you know you can't really depend on manager ginobili anymore we saw in the playoffs he just hasn't really been the same he's just for the for the amount of credit i guess that he gets historically which is definitely fair i mean he was a huge mm-hmm. part of all those those great spurs teams i think he's Maybe more on the back end of his career. Oh, he's than, so far on the back end of his right, career. Right, even more than, than people realize. <laughs> I think he's been on the back end for a, a while He should now. play like 10 minutes a game for them during the regular season yes. and probably get like 30 DNPs and then just deploy him in right. whatever role that they think is I best thought, in the postseason. Right, I thought it might have been a bit of a mistake to, I wouldn't say they gutted their depth, but you know, getting rid of guys like Corey Joseph, Bellinelli, I think they... They might regret kind of going all in on Aldridge and not having that bench that's been so good for them. Yeah, I think that Aldridge just made a ton of sense in terms of being a sort of a bridge. Right, and uh, it is. I mean, you, you're not going to not get a Marcus Aldridge right. if you have the opportunity. Uh, underrated. Can we say Duncan? Nah, you could, yeah. I mean, I think if I had to pick a front get, front court guy, I might say Duncan. I, I mean, I think. You can maybe make a case that people don't understand just how good Kawhi Leonard is defensively. Uh, Even Danny Green defensively. I love Patty Mills and Kyle Anderson. I don't know how much Kyle Anderson's going to play this year, but I think Patty Mills could be useful uh, just because of what we talked about with Parker. I don't. I don't think it makes sense to play Parker more than you know maybe twenty six, twenty seven minutes a game, and I think that you're going to give him plenty of nights off. Patty Mills is the rare guy of his size that can take a ton of three-pointers and keep his field goal percentage pretty high so uh, i think that he is going to be pretty valuable uh occasionally i don't think it's going to be a consistent uh source of value but you know there's going to be certain nights where he can go out and put up like 24 right at some point parker's going to miss 14 days with a hamstring issue or whatever and without joseph like it's not going to go to ray mccallum well you you hope they you hope they don't um, yeah, I was going to go with Patty Mills as well. I, I do like Kyle Anderson. I'm still waiting to see that his game, his unique game, translate to the NBA level, he, not the summer league. He level. just doesn't have anywhere to play, really. Know. You know, like it, do you think he's better off kind of growing in the San Antonio limited role, or do you think he'd be better off like being unleashed with like Philly or something? No, I think this is this is better. I think I'd want, I'd almost always want a player to grow in a limited role. Like, I, I even think, unless a guy's just really special, like Wiggins, at the time, I thought it would have been better for him to come up behind LeBron as as his sort of apprentice type of thing. But, no, no, I mean, I think he proved last year, and, like, I was as high on Wiggins as anybody, but I, I think last year he even kind of uh, outperformed my expectations with how well he's able to play yep. in that role but I think most guys especially like a Kyle Anderson type of guy just kind of getting that basketball I mean he's going to be one of the smartest basketball players in the league in like two or three years just from being in that system yeah it'll be interesting once Duncan moves on once Ginobili and Parker move on like what who who's the next wave of Spurs you know if, as long as Popovich is there I, you can't see them falling off too much yeah I mean I think you could just see the nucleus kind of being a Kyle Anderson, Kawhi Leonard, LaMarcus Aldridge type of thing um, with, right. with a few more guys that may, may not be on the roster right now. Right, and you, obviously they'll make additions and, and more subtractions over the years. 
moved to Denver. Most overrated player for the Denver Nuggets is? Uh, everybody on the team. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't really like a lot of these guys. Daniil Gallinari, I, I mean, you could say Fareed, too. Gallinari, though, he gets labeled like a marksman from deep, and I think it's just because of his – whiteness his europeanness and his like size please and, don't say european and, and <laughs> no yeah okay and and like he he just has that look of like you know he has a clean release and everything uh he's kind of the worst case scenario i think with miritich is he turns into gallinari 2.0 uh i don't have it in front of me but i think gallinari shot less than 35 percent from the from three last year or something like that and he doesn't play that many games. He doesn't play crazy minutes, so I just don't see a ton of value there on a night-to-night basis. Yeah, he was right around 36% last year. That's pretty much his career average. Like you said, he just misses games a ton. I mean, he played 81 games in 2009-2010. Since then, it's been 14, 48, 43, 71, 59. So not a ton to love about that. Um, like you said, this is kind of a tough choice as far as overrated uh, looking at this roster. I think there are plenty of guys you could choose from. I'll go with Fareed. Yeah. Um, I think he can be really good if he's in the right role, and that role is probably, what, 22 minutes and just rebound and putbacks? Yeah, he should just be in the, the Brandon Bass, like Trevor Booker type of role where yeah. you're just not getting enough minutes to be fantasy viable. Right, and that's – I don't know why what they're really trying to turn him into – right now I and mean, if you when you watched him he right, is what he is like he's not getting better it was pretty clear like even in college you know at Morehead State watching him in the tournament like he was never a good offensive player he was never their first offensive option it was just getting a ton of points when he's right around the is basket. he even that good at on ball defense I don't know I, I do not know I, I don't, don't watch a lot of nuggets I can't I, I just don't get the sense that he's above average there he might it's be size, he might be know? passable but you know rebounding and running like I mean he's he's probably one of the best big men running the court and because his because of his motor but uh, doesn't really deserve to be kind of a key piece on a team no not at all uh most underrated team or excuse me player for denver uh man this is tough this is very tough anybody i pick you could like kind of pick apart i i'll, I'll throw nurkic out there uh joffrey laverne maybe two one of those centers yeah i think they're both kind of skilled and a little under the radar yeah i think from a national perspective both of those guys those big men are probably under the radar um minnesota this thing this will be a little bit more interesting than denver most overrated player for minnesota i'm going i'm going to throw out and reserve kevin martin okay uh, yeah i'll i'll, I'll <laughs> jump on that too that. although tayshaun prince really like really is he going to get minutes on this team? That's just stupid. Uh, that was an odd signing. Like, why? Like, you already have KG. Like, you have the veteran defensive Fenner. guy. Yeah, like, why do you need Tayshaun Prince? He's just wasting a uh, spot on, like, what could be one of the funnest. Like, if their rotation was just Rubio, Levine, Wiggins, Muhammad, Garnett, Jang, Towns, maybe throw in, like, a few minutes. You could throw in Pekovic here and there. You could throw like Kevin Martin fifteen minutes off the bench or something. That'd be such a fun team to watch. But instead, like, it's impossible to turn on a game and not see either Martin or Prince out there, which which really sucks. I really don't like that Bielitsa 
dude either. And it's only been one game. And <laughs> you just, it a couple times you just hate reason. Europeans, don't you? No, I'm not xenophobic by any means. <laughs> I'm Fajilia-phobic. Um, he just doesn't do it for me. He's a decent rebounder, I guess. He has good size. But other than that, I mean, he hasn't really – it's only been one game. Obviously, super small sample size. But he doesn't have a stroke that screams, this guy's going to shoot 45%. Like, that's what he's out there to do is just catch and shoot. Like what else does he do for you? And he, he's just this is a guy that's going to play probably close to twenty minutes a game. Yeah, so I'm we have more Shabazz. Everybody, everybody would. Player? Uh, I, you know Shabazz is an option. He is a good option. <laughs> a strong option. He has a strong case. Uh, yeah, I'll say Shabazz. Although really could go in a lot of directions here. You know, I think he's. I just hope that they use him right. You know, I think he could be 15 and like seven a game, really. And that that's saying a lot given his size. Like he's, he's just a guy, if he's around the hoop and there's a rebound up for grabs, like he's going to come down with it. Like it's, it's kind of uncanny how he just finds the ball like that. And yeah, great at the line, great at getting the line. Uh, I think he shot like 38% or something from three last year, maybe even higher than that. So Really good at stretching the floor, too. Right. All right, three more teams. We'll get through these ones uh, rather quickly. We're a little bit short on time. Oklahoma City, my most overrated player. Um, this, is, this is such a tough one. Quite a decent uh, amount of candidates here. Andre Roberson, is he is he considered overrated? Or no. Does everybody realize he shouldn't be starting at shooting guard? Yeah, everybody knows that. Okay. Well, that's my choice either way. What's yours? Okay. Canner. Uh, Canner? Yeah, I just don't. I think it's going to be tough to play him. The amount of minutes that people are kind of hoping for. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's fair. Underrated. Um, Morrow. Anthony Morrow. Yeah. That's my right. guy. Because right. he. true knockdown three-point shooter. Because he is just perfect for what they need at, out of that shooting guard position and for some reason is not going to get that opportunity. How about Waiters hitting a couple big clutch shots last How night? How about it? Is that, that going <laughs> to do, do we need to talk that's about it? That's the appropriate response. All right. Uh, Portland Trailblazers. Most overrated player. Is oh, Myers Leonard! Shout out to shout out to Ken and Shannon. I heard you guys were talking junk on the Friday podcast about me loving Azili and you guys and me talking about take, you I guys. Over, over. The, those two guys were having a bid off on Myers Leonard, and were they got him for six bucks, and I got Azili for one buck, and they were talking junk about me. Well, if they didn't like. like if they loved Myers Leonard as much as everybody loves Myers Leonard, they wouldn't have brought in like four big men to play right. ahead of him. Like there's he's not that good, guys. He's just not. And yeah, I think he, he really shouldn't be thought of as like a, a building block for their future here. I'm not saying he's not somebody you necessarily want on your team. Like, like he's, you said, fine. he's not a building block. Like yeah. you if you he's, want him as like your They backup. wouldn't they would trade him in two seconds. Like they would throw him into a deal in two seconds right. if they they wouldn't like hem and haw about including he Myers Leonard. He played thirty four minutes last night, which is way more than I thought he would. What do you do? Like twelve and seven, something like that. Twelve and eight. Yeah, very good guess. Two of seven from three. Like I just think his peak is like Spencer Hawes. Yeah. And yeah. if you're fine with that, then maybe he is a building block. But I guess I like I like a little bit more. Who's who's your guy? Um, overrated. With he was he was definitely in the running. Um, in the mix. Gerald Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> who's been a starting shooting guard in this league for way too long. Finally, that's going to come to an end, it looks like, after. I mean, I don't think it was ever really much of a question, but C.J. McCollum went off uh, on Wednesday night, I think pretty much solidifying that spot. But 
people just keep signing Gerald Henderson, and he's a good defender, I guess. He's good at throwing errant basketballs into people's faces. <laughs> but other than that, I just don't – I mean, he's a, you can't have a shooting guard who can't shoot. It's, the position is called shooting guard, and Gerald Henderson cannot shoot. He'd be so. great at the Y. Oh, a, extremely good YMCA. <laughs> I think that's where he'll see his peak. Yeah, yeah no, he, he will peak at the Y. Um, my, my underrated uh, – Hard to even say McCollum after what he yeah. did last night, but that I probably think, would have been my guy going into the year too. Yeah, I think, I think Aminu's going to get enough minutes to be pretty useful. Yeah, I mean, Aminu was really good at the end of the year for Denver. All right, we'll finish out now with Utah. I feel like I know where you're going to go with underrated. We'll start with overrated though. Um, well, that's I, the more that's the more obvious one. Overrated for me, like is it Burks? Yeah, no Burke. Burke. Oh, I, I don't think people like Trey Burke anymore though. Okay, well. Up until recently, uh, until we had a – I used to get into it with our ex-NBA editor all the time about whether Trey Burke was good or not, and I was on the side of him being not good at all. And I think that people are starting to kind of come around to that stance. Uh, what about you for, for overrated? If we're if people still like Trey Burke, then he's <laughs> the obvious pick. I just don't think people do. Uh, Neto, obviously, I, th- I thought he was going to be your underrated guy. Maybe he would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't want to say Gordon Hayward because I feel like people overrated. Yes, people love. I I do. Like He's Gordon really Hayward good. A lot. He is really good. But I mean, how? Like, where does he rank? I'm not asking you to go through your top 30 players in the league or whatever. But like, is he in like the top 30 players overall in the league? I think he would be in mine. If he is, I just feel like this team. There's talent around him, and they haven't really been able to do anything. And obviously, playing in the West makes that increasingly more difficult but like if he's as, uh, really this great great player that everybody says he is which again i'm not i'm not bashing gordon hayward i do like gordon hayward i just think he's maybe a little bit overrated just because his teams don't really win yeah see so like i think you can hold a guy like cousins to that standard i think if you're saying yeah. your guy's a top 30 player i don't know if you can necessarily put the the win loss record on them especially when you look at the the people that have been playing point guard around him recently right. so jamal tinsley Right, yeah, they've been in uh, kind of dire straits. Uh, that that's, I mean, that's fine though. I mean, I think you can make a case he's a bit overrated. I think people just kind of love him from his Butler days, and yeah, um, I mean, he was really good last season. Again, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He 19. doesn't have any weaknesses. No, nineteen four and five. I think that's that's pretty much fine. And it is it, it was a team that he was playing with Cantor, a guy who commands a mm-hmm. lot of possessions. And he can get his own shot. He can hit yeah. big shots at the end of games. He can. Uh, he's a really good passer. Uh, yeah, I guess I'd like to see it go to the next level. Okay. You know. Um, yeah, my, Neto would be my underrated guy. Okay. He's um, he's going to be slow, slow to kind of really get to where I think he can get yeah. to, but uh, kind of a, a poor man's Rubio at least for now. Yeah, I, I was, I'm going to go in the same direction. I think it's going to be Neto, too, a guy. People seem to be kind of skeptical of these, you know, Rubio light type of type of point guards. Like Huertas for the Lakers is the same way. It's like I, I was watching these guys in the preseason. It's like I don't know. I don't really know much about him at all. I'm like, are they even going to be on the roster? And all of a sudden, you know, it looks like I mean, Neto is probably going to end up playing a, quite a bit bigger role than Trey Burke for this team. Good. Good. I'm happy yeah. to see that. If I had known that, actually, the Jazz would have probably been my pick for the eighth seed. Yeah. I thought there was going to be too much Trey Burke for them to, to get into the postseason, but hopefully that's not the case. All right. That should do it for us. Uh, before we go, just a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. Fantasy football just got a whole lot more interesting in week eight. DraftKings will be hosting yet another Millionaire Maker event. This time, $1.2 million goes to first place. You can go to DraftKings.com now, enter the promo code ROTOWIRE. That'll let you play free 
with your first deposit on DraftKings.com. Again, that promo code is Rotowire for free entry now. This is not fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.